Welcome to another edition of Eusebius on Times Live, one of the many issues in this country that you might have been paying attention to, although this one really ought not to be newsworthy, but for better or worse, you are talking about it, is political analyst and broadcaster JJ Tabana's accusation that some senior former ANC cabinet ministers, leaders, members of the ANC were initially involved in setting up opposition party COPE. One of the persons he had mentioned is the former finance minister and NEC member, uh, Trevor Manuel, and uh, that of course shocked the nation when he made those claims about Trevor. There are now legal proceedings underway, and I've asked the former minister to come chat to us on this platform for the next 10 minutes or so, just to work through some of the issues and the adversarial processes underway. You're listening to Eusebius on Times Live. That's this latest podcast on Times Live. And it's me, Eusebius McKaiser, exploring the major issues of the week. That means you're going to hear a lot of law, politics and ethics, how they intersect and how important these stories are in the life of all South Africans. When people saw their children must know these are sellouts. They put saliva on the paper. Mr. Julius Malema whispered and said, sing it, sing it. And then they shared that zone. No, I'm not going to apologize. apologize. Can I have my iPad, please? So they stole it. Thank you so much for coming to the Times Live platform. Thank you very much, Eusebius. I'd hoped that this matter would be done and dusted over because it's not worth serializing. But here we are, uh, all these weeks later, still trying to resolve it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think tangentially, there are some interesting aspects of it, just as a matter of principle, but these are really not the most important issues you should talk about. I'd rather my first time chatting to you in years have been about the state of the nation. But let's get on with this issue as the case might be. I'm very interested in remarks you made in a radio interview recently, uh, Trevor, where you had said, basically, um, and I summarized the essence of what you say, it might not have been verbatim, that the magic was gone after 2007 in terms of the post-Polokwane ANC and ANC in government. If that is the case, why were you in government all the way until 2014? Okay, let's 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 first deal with the issue that convened us here. Um, you know, I, I I've said that uh, I've had no difficulty with uh, the people who went out and formed Cope. Uh, we were friends and comrades for a very long time, and uh, we still are in some ways connected. Um, and uh, there's no personal animosity between them and I. Um, so it's not a judgment call on them. The issue that's that's quite quite important for me about this is um, that at the time that COPE was formed, there was there was a major upheaval in the country. Uh, in September uh, two thousand eight, this is post Um It was it was pretty hard going, and Tabombeki had been recalled as president. Hmm. When that happened, 
attended my resignation. I had a discussion with the incoming president, Kalima Mutlante, and I said to him, look, I, I have no expectations of anything, but if I, if I serve, I want to serve at your pleasure. I can't serve at the pleasure of another. It's my reading of the constitution. Um, and, and I'd explained to both him and Jacob Zuma at the time that uh, in, in the ANC tradition, um, you are required to accept nomination for position in the ANC. So there's a formal nomination form. And then when you come to parliament, you accept nomination to serve and represent the people. There is no such requirement to be called into the executive. Hmm. So you serve at the pleasure. It isn't even an organizational thing. You serve at the pleasure of whomsoever appoints you. Yeah. Uh, and there is a standard joke uh, when you look around and you say, there's a story about the tortoise sitting on a post and people say, what's a tortoise doing there? It's, that's not the question. The question is, who put the tortoise there? So in that <laughs> case, I was the tortoise. Somebody put me on the post. Uh, and and uh, uh, so I... I couldn't, in that in that situation, be involved in the formation of another political party. They didn't consult me. We weren't in conversation about this issue, um, and uh, I think it would have been it would have been entirely duplicitous of me to be on the NEC of the ANC. I could have resigned like other people did, and to be a cabinet minister. Uh, with, with profile and to be involved in the establishment of a political party against the the the, the party in power, it would it would have been entirely duplicitous and and I think it's that 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 breaks me about JJ's statement. Now, now I mean, it's a ludicrous kind of statement at one level. I think if as finance minister, I were anywhere close to the formation of COPE or any other political party. And nobody picked it up. Not a single, not a single sure. journalist, not a single analyst. Nobody picked it up. Uh, 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 for, for JJ to make this claim, not just about me, because he includes other people like Tito Mbueni and Inok Godangwana. Uh, maybe he's got a thing about, about finance ministers. Uh, past <laughs> the but it's... It, and and. What I did was to to invite him to recant his statement. I don't get that, um, Trevor. There's a trust me. There is a connection between my first question and the issue that occasions our podcast interview. You, with hindsight, I assume, don't feel that it is duplicitous to have harbored a personal judgment of an ANC in decline post-2007 and remaining on in the NEC as an ANC member and also in cabinet. You don't think that it's contradictory to be in government and to secretly think this ANC is on the decline? Look, um, there were a few of us who'd been on the NEC for a long time by, by the time Pulukwani came. It was a very was a very um, hostile uh, uh, environment. Uh, I'd been on the NEC then for about 16 years since uh, the first uh, conference uh, of the ANC back in South Africa in 1991. 
So at one level, I, 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 I thought, let's call time out. And there were a few of us who were of the same kind of vintage on the NEC. Uh, and we were in discussion and thought, let's give this thing uh, a try and see whether we could persuade the matter differently. Bear in mind that um, uh, the ANC has been such an important part of my life and our lives growing up. Um, uh, part of a life when it was, when membership of the ANC carried a minimum sentence of five years. I, I was speaking to, to a comrade of mine at the time and he said, I can't leave the ANC because the ANC is like my clan. It's my sedugo. It's, it's what I am. It's defined who I am. Mm. And I may become less active, but it's, it's, it, it can't leave me and I can't leave it. It's that kind of relationship. It's a, it's a DNA thing if you must. And or Stockholm so, syndrome. Well, there's that too. But, but you know, <laughs> I decided to remain on the NEC. Well, there were a few of us who remained on the NEC post post Polokwani, and some people resigned after um, Thabo Mbeki was was uh, was recalled in September. So this is some nine months after Polokwani. Um, I opted to stick it out until the next conference, which was 2012. I wasn't going to be involved on the on the NEC any longer. After uh, after the tumult that uh, accompanied my because I resigned uh, in September, yeah. but the letter of resignation actually leaked to the press and the rand fell out of bed. And I knew that this this is like this is bad. For democracy, it's bad for an organization, it's bad for me. Um, and I was very clear that I couldn't continue being finance minister. So in February uh, of the following year, which would have been 2009, when this uh, uh, letter came yep. um, requesting my concurrence to return to parliament. I declined to sign it. And then I had a meeting with Jacob Zuma and, and, and Gwede, and they, they, they asked me why I was, I was not accepting to return. I said, because done and dusted, I'd been in, in cabinet for 15 years. It was a long time. I mean, it's longer than, than most people have an opportunity to serve. And, um, I, and then I, I explained this the story about the finance ministry, and they they were. Jacob Zuma said to me, "Okay, but there's there's something special that the country needs now, uh, and and I want to ask you to do that, but please don't ask me to expand because if I ask, if you if I have to expand to you, then I'm doing an injustice to all of the other people who I need to call later." So it was a signal to me because there'd been discussions uh, about a national planning commission. It was it was going to be that, um, and um, I, I I conferred with with some people and they said, "Why don't you take it and see?" And so I did that. I did that. I was allowed uh, with reasonable uh, uh, freedom to appoint. 
individuals to a planning commission, uh, the first ever, without much interruption. There were one or two people who came primarily from, from uh, alliance partners and so on. But in the main, I was allowed from, from the list of names and people had been nominated or nominated themselves uh, uh, from that list to compile the 25 can people. I, can I interrupt there gently to tell you and let the cat out of the bag why I'd ask you that as my first question, even though it seems unrelated to the reason why I'd asked for the interview, Trevor. And it's the following. Everything you have just with crystal clarity outlined in terms of the chronology of 2007, your slow lack of faith of a continued high level of leadership integrity of the ANC in government, thinking of exiting, staying on, doubting whether you should go back into cabinet, taking on the position as minister involved with planning, I listen to you and I think to myself as a hopefully reasonable listener, there's nothing duplicitous about the former finance minister having doubts about the party that is in his blood, thinking of exiting it, ultimately not doing so, and judging whether conditions for returning for a couple more years are optimal enough for him to make a difference in the state. I won't think of you as duplicitous. Now, here's the link with the JJ matter. I don't understand, having read your legal papers and listened to your interview you granted a radio station, why you would characterize the consequence of JJ's remarks so strongly. I mean, I think he's got a duty to give evidence, and he's declined coming on this platform so far, and I think that he will have a tough time telling us whether he was ever in a room where you were party to what he alleges, i.e. forming cope. So he's got his own burden of proof that he needs to meet. But I struggle to understand why you think his remarks imply that you are duplicitous, you lack integrity. Because if you had the kind of journey inside the ANC post-2007 that you've just articulated at length, you could equally have said to yourself, end of 2008, I'm ANC through and through, but I've just seen a missed call from Shiloa. I don't know what he wants, but I've known him for a long time. Let me go and have a cup of tea with him. I don't support what they do. If you had done that, that would not have been duplicitous, would it? It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been. In fact, I, I teased Sibyl uh, Akota uh, after this thing had, had happened I, we had a chat. I had a chat to Bazima as well, and Bazima, in fact, tweeted that JJ must not peddle lies, right? Um, but I, I, I laughed with, with, with Terra and said to him, you know, the problem is you guys didn't invite, even invite me to join you, so uh, you, you just cast me aside as well. No. <laughs> you see, you see, you see um, part, of, part of what you need to, to understand here, um, uh, Eusebius, is that you're looking at this thing with a perfect vision of hindsight. In the first, I would, I would hazard that, that if you looked at the entire period of, of state capture, it was, it was, I think, about eight years of, of, of Jacob Zuma. So he, he was out uh, in February of 2018. But if you looked at that period, during the first period, uh, 
the signs weren't weren't evident. I mean, I I had a title of minister in the presidency, but I don't know whether I spoke to Jacob Zuma uh, bilaterally twice during that period. I'm talking not sitting in a large meeting. I'm talking about of, of bilaterals, and I, I fervently believe with with all the heads of state that served under uh, Madiba, of course, uh, Tabo, uh, uh, Khalema, uh, all of them would would call or would respond to an invitation to have bilaterals, and it's in the nature of the beast. Um, and and if there were issues that needed to be to be detailed that relate to the way in which you were executing your mandate, that's what you discuss in a bilateral. But he wasn't given to bilaterals. Now, 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 I'm sure he had bilaterals with all kinds of people in the private sector. He may have had bilaterals with other ministers and so on. But effectively, he was he was he was out of the way. And you know, we 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 worked assiduously at at putting together this this planning commission in a rather curious arrangement because because I sat with these people who were commissioners who were not part of government. The deputy chair was Cyril Ramaphosa, but if you look at the the range of people, I mean, I could say to Jacob Zuma when we're putting this this uh, group together, you know, I think Bobby Godsell would be a, a major addition to this. He said, "Okay, I can accept that." I said, "You need to know that that Bobby's been a member of the DA and its and its antecedents." Um, so he's not a member of the ANC, but I think he would, he said, this is not an ANC process. It must be a national process. And when somebody gives you a free hand like that, um, and, and you know, I, I think that, that independently the commissioners could tell you that there wasn't, there wasn't any kind of ANC leaning on, on what the, there was certainly no, no Jacob Zuma leaning. Um, and and we, we ran a process that, saw us producing, firstly, a diagnosis of what we thought was worth looking at in the plan. Then we produced an interim plan, uh, which we released on the 11th of November, uh, 2011. Um, And then we took that to all political parties and other institutions. I mean, it it was an interesting exercise because it was so distinctly national and not ANC. Uh, I had this discussion with Helen Ziller, who was, uh, uh, I think she may have been the mayor at the time, uh, mayor of Cape Town, but she was also leader of the DA. And she said to me, uh, we, we chatted because I'd gone along to, to meet with all parties. I mean, even small parties like Minority Front. They invited me to Chatsworth. Uh, we, we had this meeting uh, uh, IFP. Uh, so she said to me, uh, I'd like the commission to come and ad- address the federal executive of, 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 of the DA. And I said, fine, um, perhaps Cyril uh, uh, and I should, should not attend because we are NEC members of the ANC. And she said, not in your life. In fact, if I can get both of you into that meeting, it would be, it would be quite important. Um, and so we, we were seen as doing a, a national piece of work that wasn't narrowly. It was tied to government, but not 
not not tied to the party. But you see, this is my point, though, because this brings us back to, and I just have two or three more questions. I know you're traveling. This brings me back to the crux of the matter. I reflected on this and I thought to myself, what's going on here as a commentator myself, like JJ? And I thought, okay, JJ can sometimes be contrarian, shoots from the hip. Um, he's making some allegations against you, but he's got a duty politically, discursively, ethically to tell us what the evidence is. And maybe that's why he hasn't granted interviews yet. Um, but similarly, I think to myself, actually, it doesn't matter what the odd Twitter troll thinks. It doesn't matter what Lydia Wessasulu thinks, Trevor. The bottom line is you are actually a media darling. Your integrity in the eye of the average person is so strong for the kind of work that you've just re-inscribed into the public space that the idea that your, your reputation hinges on what AJJ thinks or what the Minister of Tourism thinks in a publication of Iqbal's survey, you and I both know that that's ludicrous. So isn't your response over the top, given how strong your reputation genuinely is? Look, I mean, there, 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 there are various aspects of this. And I should just say that the other person who I'd written to about this matter, a guy goes by the name of DJ Spoo, who hosted JJ at the time. DJ Spoo has uh, uh, taken down this this clip from something called uh, Maverick's Corner or something like that. The Hustler's Corner. The Hustler's yeah. Corner and said uh, he doesn't want anything to do with us. He, he apologizes. Now, that was all that JJ had to do. You see, there's, there's something quite fundamental about this. And for me, it's an underlying philosophical point. And this is preventing the normalcy of what I call post-truth. You see, what, what and, and I think that, that, that all of us would be familiar with the presidency of Donald Trump. And the fact that, I mean, somebody counts uh, because it's the United States, that for the four years that he was president, he told an average of 14.6 lies a day. <laughs> you see, that, 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 that is, that is paka post-truth. That is, now, now, I think that, that what, we must, what we must require of each other is respect to verify. Now, J.J. is a media personality, and if he acts in a way that says, I won't allow the facts to get in the way of a story I want to tell, I think you, 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 you descend into the kind of Fox News type of environment. I, I think we have a responsibility to point these things out, especially if people are involved in the media. I mean, you can't, we shouldn't allow, we shouldn't allow a, a Petramperdi's decouplets to define how, what, what we treat as news and what we treat as fact. I, I, I agree with you. And truth is the most important value in journalism. I totally agree with you. Second last question. Cope imploded and is an example of how not to try and dislodge the ANC. At the time of its conception, however, it wasn't a bad idea, was it? No, I didn't think it was a bad idea. I mean, there have been a few of those along along the line uh, because one of the first was convened by Bantulumisa and Ruth Mayer, UDM. Uh, Bantu was on the NEC. Uh, 
responded to an issue of discipline, went out and formed the UDM. Um, and, and to this day, it may not be a hell of a big party in Parliament, but, you know, you'll see Bantu still makes uh, 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 some reasonable noises in the, in the parliamentary and, 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 and Twitter sphere and so on. Um, so it's not, it's not necessarily a bad idea. I think it was, it was rather poorly executed, and the challenge was, the challenge was not in the uh, significant following that they had in the 2009 elections, not the, not the, the, the people who stepped up and, and, and put their cross next to Cope. I think it was, it was uh, leadership and hubris in particular had a big part to play in the conduct of people. Uh, and, and the fact that there was, there was nobody to... to kind of mediate um, uh, the influences. Now, whether that mediation should have been a role fulfilled by Bishop Dandala, remember he was, he was actually there right, right at the get-go, uh, or whether it was somebody else, but it just seemed as though Bazima and, and uh, uh, Mosiwa Lakota couldn't see eye to eye. Um, and and the project imploded. It can never rise again. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Last question. The best mechanism for assessing truth and commitment to the verification process that I agree with you is important in establishing whether evidence should be believed or not is, of course, if you have hard material evidence and the proverbial smoking gun can come in many guises. If there was a recording of you in a meeting, for example, that would be the end of the matter. In the, the absence of, me, of that kind of... the end of me and my integrity, the end of the matter. No problem. Sure. In the absence of that, however, it is he said, he said. It is him saying, doesn't matter what they say. This happened. And it's you saying to another broadcaster, trust me, I was a finance minister. Which means that it then becomes a matter of the credibility of the parties and the best way to test that are imperfect mechanisms in the absence of hard evidence, like a robust interview, like an exchange we're having. When it comes to legal processes, it is subjecting yourself on the witness stand to being cross-examined so that we can see whether there are inconsistencies in your story, whether we can see whether other people can be subpoenaed, so we can begin on a balance of probabilities to stitch a story of what probably happened in the lead-up to the formation of COPE. Are you open to that kind of process and being cross-examined in court? You see, when, when, when JJ refused to to withdraw. It's the only option that was open. Now, do I want to end up in court? No. I've, I've spent too much time and unfortunately too much of my own money in court processes. You know, the public protector will write in terms of Section 7.2 of her act and require of me. And just to ensure that, that I can dot I's and cross T's, I have to find a lawyer and fork out money. And it's it's a very, very expensive process. So do I want to go through the route of court process? You bet I don't. But, you know, if you've said to somebody, look, I hate to do this, but you kind of have to prove what you say. 
when Cope, in the person of Dennis Bloom, issued a statement saying that it's just malicious, when Bazima issues a statement, uh, a tweet to JJ saying, stop peddling lies, when Masiwala Kota is prepared to step up to the plate and, and say that we didn't have any association. And in fact, I bumped into, I, I went to Frininjinwala's 90th birthday lunch on, on, on Friday and bumped into an old ANC comrade with whom I've had very <laughs> a number of public sp uh, sp uh, spats. And he said to me, you know, Trevor, if you need a witness, you can call me. He says, I was in those founding meetings of COPE. I didn't join them in the end. And you know, I know that you weren't there. So <clears throat> there's no shortage of people who can verify the fact that I wasn't there. Why JJ is so intent on hanging on to this, I don't understand. I don't understand what his agenda is. Um, Let me I just clarify, because I... I misspoke and I apologize. What I meant with my final question was, I'm not accusing you of vexatiously beginning legal processes. You've explained your logic, and I think it is perfectly acceptable, that truth matters and your integrity matter. And therefore, you've had no choice in the absence of him retracting the statements. I totally get that. But once you initiate legal action, as you obviously know, you then have to choose the nature of it. You can either try and win this on the papers, or you can say we will initiate action that will include oral testimony. And I'm happy to be cross-examined because it doesn't matter whether you ask me at 3 o'clock in the morning what happened or at 10 past 10 the next day, my story will always check out. And it doesn't matter how many witnesses JJ tries to line up, none of them will be able to prove his, his, his position because his position is patently false. Why have you chosen to go the quote-unquote slightly easier route that won't see you being in the docks or calling on your old comrades as opposed to a process that will allow the best mechanisms in law, cross-examination and oral testimony to be used? Well, look, I, I, there's nothing that, that I would fear about oral testimony. I mean, as, as harrowing as it can be, there's nothing I fear about it. Um, because, you see, this is not a matter of opinion. This is, this is hardcore fact. Were you there? Is there any evidence that you were ever part of the formation of COPE? And it's not opinion. This is hardcore sure. fact. And you can't create fact in the dark. <laughs> and if he brings hmm. witnesses who would claim that they saw me there, they would have to be perjuring themselves. So, you know, it's a slam dunk for me where I'm sitting. I mean, j just to remind you of what a, what a litigious sort of a person I can be, the EFF, after the appointment of, of Ed Kisvetter as, as, as Commissioner of SARS, uh, claimed nepotism. Now, for me, for me, that is hardcore racism. <laughs> Two colored guys who happen to come from the same Kasi in Cape Town, must be related. That, that, that's basically it. And, and you know, their racism is entirely offensive and they get away with it because of an idea that black people can't be racist. But they are hardcore racist. They, 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 they would behave in pretty much the same way as this, as this the toy fellow at Stellenbosch. It's that kind of crude racism where, where respect, respect for other people is not a feature.
I mean, last week, Moyeseni Ndlozi, who otherwise ought to be a respected uh, uh, academic, uh, tweets a picture of the guy who designed the South African flag. And, he's, and, and so people are supposed to hate the flag because a white man designed? That's racism, right? But the same kind of racism found resonance uh, in the appointment of, of, of Ed Kitzwetter. I was part of a, part of a, a panel uh, and he came out tops and he's probably going to prove them wrong in the way in which he goes about his work. But to suggest that we relate it like you and I are related, Siri. Yeah. I saw that's what I called you. Just because we we were so defined by apartheid, it's just wrong. Mr. Manuel, I really hope the next time we chat, we can have a deep dive into the state of the political economy in particular and not matters of defamation law. But I really am grateful that you that you said yes to the conversation over the list.